Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything from game spreads, totals to teams, player, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You are listening to the bird calls on the Armchair All American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search the bird calls, and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another in our series of Drew Holiday uh, trade conversations from the gentleman here at the Bird Calls. Um, joining me, David, are our regular contributors, Kevin Berrios, David Fisher, and our editor-in-chief, Mr. Ali Cosell. Good evening, gentlemen. Ali, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, as you guys know, but you, the rest of you listening don't. I just got done driving 11 hours straight from New Orleans to Cincinnati. So, yeah, I'm a little bit out of it. But I do want to mention, and we got to mention this, David, I'm not sure if you're going to, but Rick Bunnell just tweeted out over just over an hour ago that sounds like the Pelicans are looking for a third team to facilitate a Drew Holiday trade where he puts in parentheses where, Drew, or where Holiday gets to a contender. I wonder if the Hornets would make any sense for that. Don't listen about that, but it's interesting about the third team because we have touched on numerous third team potential landing scenarios for Drew, and, and we're going to actually add a few more, I'm sure. Right, Fish? <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but I think that's interesting in the fact that it's getting around enough because when when David Griffin was really kicking the tires around Anthony Davis trades, if you remember – Similar reports to that came out where they were looking at how can they route third teams, et cetera. And eventually they did in a roundabout way. Um, both um, the, mm -hmm. the Washington Wizards were minorly involved to help make the transaction work. And then the, sec the, the third team involved in that one ended up being the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. um, because the, the Pelicans ended up routing the fourth pick for the eighth, 17th, and I might miss the exact number. Is it 35, 36? I think so, yeah. So, um, Solomon Hill. Yeah, Solomon Hill. And, and offloading Solomon Hill's contract. So, Oof. yes, um, that, that to me tells me, because I, I think what it is is the Pelicans, when they're having – Drew Holiday talk trades, they're relatively decent at keeping the chatter down. But when they start talking to the other teams in terms of how can we get all these things routed, then it becomes more difficult for them to keep a lid on the rumors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like the yep. whole league now knows what's up. Yep. Because they've called them. Can, do you think that this is something that's more likely to be um, trying to facilitate a blockbuster type deal because of what they want in this year's draft, as well as trying to move Drew to a contender? Um, do you think that that would be a condition of this is trying to find a higher pick in this year's draft? Yeah, I mean, from what we know, uh, well, we don't know for sure, but what has been whispered is that they want to move up, and you would assume that the most obvious situation for that is with um, either 
the Warriors or possibly the Bulls. And we already talked about the Warriors in the last pod and how maybe they don't really want to deal with Wiggins. Maybe they don't like Wiggins. You know, David Griffin drafted Wiggins. Maybe he, he knows more about him than we do um, now. And uh, so maybe they're looking to reroute him, which we talked about a little bit in the last pod as well. Um, that's a possibility. Or maybe if, if it's a deal with Chicago, you know, routing auto Porter somewhere else to create that cap space to get something back better that you like. Um, so we'll see, but it, it I don't think it's going to mean that they're going to get some mega star. I think it means that their goal is to not take on a contract or a player that's on a big contract that they don't really like, but to also still get that early pick and maybe get another uh, young guy to go along with that. Well, t- today we are discussing two more teams on our list um, of potential trade partners. Um, you and Ali are presenting, and um, Kevin, you have the not the Phoenix Suns. Kevin, you have the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. That's right. So that's the team that you've actually been focused on for a while before yeah. we even got into these conversations. The Hawks were a team that you were interested in, so. What we'll do, um, just so that everybody's clear, Kevin's going to give his proposal, um, and then um, Ali, you will look at it from the point of view of if you are David Griffin and Fish, you get to look at it from the point of view of being um, James Jones, and then we'll try to see what we, how we adjust from there and, and what we like. So, Kevin, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like you said, I've been Travis really- Slank, though, by the way, Grub. James Jones is going to be the Suns guy that I'm going to do, right? He's, he's the Suns GM, not the Atlanta Hawks GM. <laughs> sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I crossed the mode. Yeah. I, I just want to make that clear. Wires <laughs> crossed. All right. So, <laughs> exactly. yes. so I've been focused on this one for a long time, actually, even before the season ended, uh, not the bubble season, the actual season when I got called Atlanta was a team I thought was, would be an interesting destination for Drew Holiday. From watching the moves that they made, uh, acquiring Clint Capella, they got their all-star and and Trey Young. And I just felt like what they needed was more defense, perimeter defense. I feel like what Drew does complements exactly what Trey does and what Trey does complements exactly what Drew does. So while it's not that contender, moving them to a contender, I think it's moving them to a team that's set up right now in a way that they'll be definitely – a playoff team in the East, especially with Orlando sort of imploding due to injuries and probably breaking up that team a little bit. Um, And they have a lot of young players that I think we all like, Um, you know, there's Kevin Herter, there's Cam Reddish, there's DeAndre Hunter. um, There's John Collins, who I don't think is available, but he's also a, a young prospect that's in there. And then now they have the sixth pick. So they have a lot of things that you would want, if you're David Griffin from this team. Um, and I, I always thought that they were going to be making a push to try to become a winning team this season. I heard Lloyd Pierce on a podcast months ago talking about how they didn't really want to have another high draft pick. They wanted to get another, a, a real contributing player right away because they wanted to make that push. And then now the reports are coming out that ownership is pushing them in that direction. So I think it makes it a really viable um, destination. Um, and like I said, you know, they have a lot of young guys that are good. I think the most common trade, which was the trade that I thought of initially, is um, Drew Holiday and either 13 or a future protected lottery protected pick um, for Dwayne Dedman, Kevin Herter, and number six. Um, Herter, for me, is my favorite of of the young guys on that roster, but I wouldn't be mad at any of them. Like, if we got any of those three, or, you know, like I said, John Collins, but I think he's the one that's not going to be available for sure. Um, Herter adds a lot of length to our backcourt. He's 6'7". He could play the three as well. He's a very good ball handler and creator for his position. B-Ball Index has him in the top 81% uh, of playmaking for a shooting guard. He's very athletic. He's not a great defender, but he's not a terrible defender. Um, he's a really good outside shooter and a one-on-one scorer. He shot 38, 38.3% from deep. Um, he's a good spot-up shooter. He's in the 90%, um, 90 percentile in catch-and-shoots 
via B-ball index. Uh, he's in the top 89% in three-point gravity. So, like, he creates space for uh, Zion to work down low, which is something you really want. Um, he shot 42% on catch-and-shoot threes, 44.3% from the corner. He's an 80% free-throw shooter. Um, he contributes in all areas, like, per 100 possessions. He he brought down just under six rebounds uh, and a little over five assists and 1.4 steals per game uh, per 100 possessions. Um, and then, like, defensively, he's above average in tip passes, and he's really good at playing the passing lanes. He's in the top 60 percentile in that stuff. Um, and I compared him, you know, last last podcast, we talked a lot about Tyler Hero. And so I did a comparison on the B-Ball Index um, comparison tool, and they kind of grade out slightly similar. Um, perimeter shooting, they both get an A grade, but Hero is like a five percentile points higher, but both are very good in that. Um, Hero is a much better off-ball movement guy so far, but I think that has a lot to do to the product of the system that they both played in because um, uh, Herder has really good driving numbers. Uh, he just didn't do a lot of cuts. Um, but I think, like I said, I think that's more of the system than him. And then they both get B grades in one-on-one offense. Uh, Herder's, Herder destroys Hero in the playmaking grades, which was surprising to me. Uh, Herder has, is in the 89.4 percentile as a playmaker. And Hero is only in the 58.6 percentile, which is still good, but it's shocking how much better Herder graded out in that. Um, and Herder is a slightly better scorer in the post, but neither of them are great, really great at that. And Herder also grades out as a better perimeter defender. Um, so there's a there's a lot to like about him. I think he kind of bridges. Um, he's sort of like a halfway point between JJ and Drew in terms of his offensive game because um, he can create, he can drive, and he also can knock down the three. You know, obviously he's not as talented, as fear-inducing as J.J., but he has that ability. Um, so I think he's the prize for me. Although, you know, like I said, I do like Cam and I do like Herder, I mean, uh, Hunter a lot. Another version of this trade um, could be if you don't want to take on Deadman's uh, contract because uh, – the Hawks have a lot of cap space. You could trade Drew directly into their cap space, but you would have mm-hmm. to probably give up the 13 for sure. And then you would get mm-hmm. uh, six and, and Herder. Um, maybe even have to give up another pick or, you know, some combination of seconds or something uh, to make that worthwhile while you don't take um, Deadman's contract back. But it's, it's not a bad contract. It's two years at 13 million a year, which isn't terrible. Um, so it'll be expiring the next year. And he's a serviceable but, uh, big man who has had moments where he looked like he can maybe become a stretch five, but it ha- it didn't really pan out so far. But maybe working with Vincent, uh, you know, can get him, get that up to more, um, more consistently. Um, but my dream trade, which would be Drew Holiday, Darius Miller, a lottery protected future first, 13 for Deadman, Herder, Hunter, and Six, which I don't think Atlanta would do. But if we're doing dream scenarios, that would be my dream scenario. Um, so I'll kick it off to Ali, I guess, uh, from David Griffin's yeah. perspective. So, yeah, Ali, so this, let's start with the realistic trade that's been put on the, the table before you. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta's giving you the call. This is what they've said that they would do. Um, how do you feel about it? If if I'm David Griffin, I honestly don't think it's enough, or especially for what I'm looking for. And I'll just give you one measurement. Herder's wingspan is six, seven and a half. Um, both Cam Reddish and uh, Hunter are seven foot and I think seven one respectively. Everything that we know and have seen is all about improving the defense. And you gotta think Stan Van Gundy has got to be given at least a few players that can provide that. Uh, resource. So I understand Kevin's argument totally with Herder and her team, you know, maybe outside of the Pelicans, I, I would understand his playmaking, um, the importance of it a lot more. But since you've got B.I. who's going to have the ball a lot in his hands and you truly have to expect that Zion's going to be given every chance, I feel like, 
to possibly develop, you know, along the lines of, say, Giannis, to where you're going to just kind of let him learn from his mistakes, but he's going to have the ball in his hands. So those two guys are going to be, you know, dictating the offense a lot when it gets in the half court. So I think that Herter's, you know, specialty or one of his best biggest positives is going to be kind of limited or reduced. So with his injury concerns and all that, like I said, if I'm Griff, I, I need to get somebody that's going to play some defense. So whether that's Hunter or Reddish, and I prefer Reddish. He's a little bit younger. I feel like he's got a higher ceiling. He's more of an athletic kind of um, quicker wing that I feel like could guard maybe one through four, depending on whoever that power forward is. As for DeAndre Hunter, you think he's, he's more limited to like three through maybe some five, some centers. So Again, I wouldn't be too picky, but I, like I said, Kev, I, I just don't see the herder interesting Griff over those two guys. Now, the question comes down to, though, does Atlanta want him? And I'm sure Fish is going to – or letting go one of those guys because, you know, I know why they were um, drafted. You look at the point guard, Trey Young. So it makes no – it's no mystery why the Hawks have Hunter, have Reddish, but I think they will be probably – reluctant to trade him, even though some people think that they would be able to give up one. I'm not certain either one would maybe even be on the table. So that's where I stand on that. Okay. So fish, I want you to look at it from the thing that David Griffin has called you and says, Mm -hmm. this is the deal. Um, Is this what, are you excited about this or are you, or do you agree with Ali on that you need this? This doesn't work for you. Just to be clear, um, I, I'm the Atlanta GM, and yes. Ollie is offering me Drew Holiday. Was the 13th pick included in yes. this? One? Drew the 13 for um, Herder, um, Deadman, and six. For just to clarify, for that, I wasn't giving them the 13. If I was taking back Deadman, I was giving oh, them a future lottery protected pick, like future. not necessarily 21, but another year where we have multiple picks. Um, because I, my idea is that this should hopefully be the last year we're in the lottery. So if you can hang on to that 13th pick, and we already have two superstars, you could you could say in Zion and Ingram, and this draft is full of like guys that project to be long-term good playmaker. I mean, um, role players that you would like to try to hang on to the 13 if possible. Okay. So there okay. we go. Clarification. So um, if I'm the Atlanta GM first, I want to talk to Drew because I want to ask him if he can opt into that player option. So I'm not just trading for him on an expiring contract, but I'm trading for him on a two-year contract. Um, And Pelicans fans should be familiar with this kind of maneuver because that's what Chris Paul did when he was traded to the Clippers Mm -hmm. is he said, I'm going to opt in. Um, So in that kind of situation, then you're getting Drew Holiday. I'm getting Drew Holiday for two years. Um, And then the next step on that, so you're giving me Drew Holiday, and I'm giving you Herter, who has two years left. He is a superb secondary creator. He's my current starting shooting guard. Um, Dwayne Dedman, who is my Clint Capella insurance policy, so now I don't have any reserve big men. And I'm giving you the sixth pick. The sixth pick then I want minimal protections on that 2021 pick, which I know is a very enticing draft. So I would either want um, a situation where like maybe it's top four or top five protected because I'm giving you the six, Um, but I probably wouldn't want lottery protections on that pick. Um, but I would prefer it to be a future asset instead of another draft pick because we already have a bunch of young guys on rookie contracts. So if we could give them a year of seasoning before I add another rookie into the mix, that would be great. Okay, so let me ask you this, Fish. Mm-hmm. What if the Pelicans say, okay, because we give, we're taking in Deadman, we'll give you Hayes if you give us more protection on the on the pick next year like now it's top 10 still in the lottery but it's top 10 and we're giving you haze i mean on one side i'm like 
all right, that gives me more depth, right? And Hayes, Hayes has a lot of Capella Capella tendencies. He's he's Capella Junior, um, except for he doesn't play defense. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think. I think if I'm the Atlanta GM and I'm on the Atlanta team, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm already adding a vet into my locker room and Deadman isn't going to, even even in the best case scenario, Deadman's not going to log 2,000 minutes this year, whereas Drew Holiday ideally is going to start 72 games, 70 games. So right. I'm, I'm adding some veteran leadership that actually plays on the court in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday solves to a certain degree my reserve pack um, point guard question because if I stagger him and Trey a little bit, like I saw the Pelicans stagger Lonzo and Drew, um, then we are not going to have a complete disaster on our hands when Trey Young goes to the bench. Um, so yeah, I mean, if so, now we're outlining this trade as the Pelicans are trading. Drew Holiday, a future top 10 protected pick, and Jackson Hayes for six, Herter, and Deadman. Correct? No, Ali, from your perspective, is that too much? Is giving Hayes yes. and the pick the next year too much for what you're getting in return? I, I'm not even going to put 2021, even with protections on it, on the table. Yeah. I mean, look, me the argument's simple. Not 2021. I would, I would easily away. give up 13 in this draft compared to anything next year because everybody knows it's a weaker draft. There's no uh, there's no tier one prospect. Some people have said there's no tier two, even in the top, right, even LaMelo. So I have heard that there's at least, what, six, seven, eight, nine guys that could potentially go number one that are deserving yep. of going number one in a decent NBA draft next season. So, yeah, 2021 is off the table especially okay. in a deal like this. Well, if you toss in 13 on Atlanta's end, I will take that because I see where the NBA is going and I see that there's going to be a bunch of wing-like guys that can shoot mm -hmm. that I can add to exactly. my wing-like guys collection to be switchable. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that would be uh, – I mean, if Jackson's still in the trade as well, Drew, Jackson, <laughs> and 13 for six – Herder and Denman. Oh, let's do it right now. Do you pull Jacks back? Or are you good with Jacks, Holly? <laughs> I would try and pull him back because I mean, if you're taking on Deadman, that's a liability in my book. Dude's 31, has lost his shot the last two years, and you've got to not the last to two what, years. 13? No, 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 no. No, it was last. Remember, last year was two parts. There's Sacramento and Atlanta. Oh, he got back. Okay. The previous year, he shot at 35% from three. I thought, okay. and remember, I was high, I will say this in Dedman's defense. I was high on Dwayne Dedman before, before last season. I thought it was a bad deal for him to go to Sacramento. Now, it is a much shorter sample size of what when he got back to Atlanta. But his shooting numbers, particularly from three, he was taking more attempts again and he was shooting at a higher number again when he got in his rebounding numbers in Atlanta were outstanding. Now, again, it was only, I think he only played 11 games for the Hawks because remember they didn't make it to the bubble, but in Atlanta, in Atlanta, he played much better than he did in Sacramento. And I thought Sacramento was just that, that wasn't going to work. I did not like the way their offense. Um, Ollie, they were going uh, to do with him. Just to jump in as the Atlanta GM here, I have almost unlimited cap space. You're not, you're not doing me any favor by taking a serviceable big man True. off of my roster so that that's, it, it's not a matter of me trying to create space. I, I will gladly just absorb true holiday into the cap space and keep yeah. him. I, I totally yeah, agree with you, uh, fish, but also if you do take that third, because Drew is going to be, once you subtract Herder's salary, it's still, it's, he's still going to be like 22 million out of the 44 that they have that leaves 22 but if you also take that 13 out then they could really make a splash to fill that roster i get it like a gallinari or you know gallinari and someone else you know yeah but i'm realistic 
those guys aren't coming to Atlanta right now where we're at. They're chasing rings. They're chasing contending caps cap space right now for us. If we can use it in this manner, mm-hmm. sounds great. But if, if not, we would rather just keep it as uh, possibly a dumping ground and to acquire even more assets. So, and I mean, stepping away from my Atlanta position in this discussion, I think mm-hmm. that's the hard part of all of this is the fact that you can't really hold Atlanta over the barrel on that. But my hope mm-hmm. would be as a Pelican fan, we can get to the point where it's six Herder and Denman for just drew or just drew and 13. Um, that, that would be as a Pelican fan, that would be my sweet spot. I would say drew and here. Jackson keep 13. I mean, that's what I would be fighting for. Yeah, but then, I mean, the Pelicans. You have I mean, no I guarantee see... for favors coming back. You have no guarantee that you're going to find a big. I think that's the Pelicans' worries. Like, yeah. you have nobody no else under contract in the front court, along with Zion, who just came well, off. Favors, you got his bird rights. You can always bring him back for one year. Well, no, I mean, True. I'm just saying, but what if he, if, yeah. if he comes, if he goes to Griffin and says, I don't want to come back? I'm just saying, if that were the case. Griffin's mm-hmm. not going to keep him. I mean, it, how how we're drawing up that deal now, right? The Pelicans are going to have Zion, Deadman, and Melly under contract. So you really just need your third or fourth big, or preferably a quality a guy you can really start at center. And Deadman becomes a guy off the bench. I mean, Deadman is. I mean, he's a rotation NBA big man. Like he can. Yes. You you can. I mean that 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 last trade that you discussed probably is, is even more sexy to me because then you get somebody that hopefully is a piece of the core at six. And then at 13, you're just like the NBA, you need guys from six foot six to six foot nine that hopefully can shoot the ball and want to defend. I'm real hesitant to give up 13 if I don't have to, because mm-hmm. you know I know everybody says this is a bad draft, but it's a good draft for role players. And we have, we have the stars, so we need those long-term role players, those guys that are – and there's full of those guys that project that way with wings that can play, make, can defend. Some of them can shoot. Some of them look like they will be able to develop a shot. So I think there's a lot of guys. And then, and like we said, hopefully this is the last year we're in the lottery uh, for a while. So, you know. I would just say if it were the, – the, the one thing that I would do, and, and, and as Kevin said, it's a preference thing. For me, I would rather have Reddish. Reddish is, was, was a guy that I was very high on before yeah. he was drafted. Um, and I was clear about that before. Um, and I just think that I, I really like his game. I think there's, there's something that's ready to, if, if it's refined. And I think that the problem for him for two, with the year that he had at Duke and in Atlanta, and he got much better in Atlanta as the year went on, I think the problem is the way those offenses are structured. He had no point guard of any type with him at Duke. Um, R.J. Barrett running the offense did not help him. And I I don't think he fits in that Trey Young style, particularly when they run a lot of pick and roll for John Collins. I think he would fit in really well with the Pelicans in a more motion-based offense where he could catch the ball on the run um, at times. And he could also, I think, will develop as a shooter. Um, that's just my case for him. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Look, there's no need to be coy about it. You deserve to smell fresh and look great in all the right places. And Manscaped is here to help. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0, a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost. The ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. It's waterproof, comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They've got the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You can pluck eyebrows or trim nails in style. There's also the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. There's the Crop Reviver. It's a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you... (laughs) We won't judge if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. 
In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. The wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything from game spreads, totals, to teams, player, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. As a funny side note, Grub, I want to see if you remember this. I'm not sure if you were there, but early on in the NCAA season, um gentry ranked the three uh stars at duke remember how, the order were you there that day no you I put cam reddish day. one zion two and barrett three i love cam reddish i i do i thought that i hate rj barrett as you know i can't stand him yeah well, I, I never I, liked i've, I've never liked him all. yeah i've never liked him um, but I, I thought reddish was just he's just he was just miscast you know at duke and then i think it's not everybody's kind of miscast in Atlanta right now. Like they can do some one thing really well. They all can score and not one of them can defend um, as a group, um, I guess. But um, I think Cam, I like him. That's just my guy. I like him too. I mean, I like all three of those guys. So like I said, you can give me any of those guys. I'm happy. I, I You know, for me, Herder really solved a need, I think, but I'm also very happy with Cam and, and uh, Hunter. The only the only problem with taking Hunter is like you know that that he unless you're playing Bi at the two, then you're bringing back a sixth man mm-hmm. instead of a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to put a cap on this, I guess we we know Atlanta's ready to win now. Lloyd Pierce, of course, talked about getting a vet, but the Clint Capella signing says yeah, everything. Exactly. That was so, when we did that. That's when I was like, okay, this is a good spot for Drew Holiday. Do you think everything boils down to Drew Holiday saying yes to the year number two? Yes, I, I yeah. agree with Fish on that. Yeah, because why would you? That, only, that's because a, your trade leverage to get rid of him if it doesn't work out is gone if he doesn't pick up the option. Well, yeah, Lloyd Pierce mm-hmm. is going to want two years to try that experiment, right? Yeah. Lloyd Pierce isn't going to get both years. <laughs> I mean that, like, if if things go slowly, he's going to be because um, they're hiring Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan is the head coach oh, that's waiting. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you guys were talking about Reddish and Hunter. I think Atlanta has too much organizationally invested in those guys right now, and the fact that their GM sees where the league is going, so he wants six foot eight long guys who hopefully can develop some shot and they can defend and we can switch. Like you can see how he's building the team. It's oh, yeah. conceptually, this is where the NBA is going. It's just right now it's a whole bunch of pieces that haven't really snapped in to fit. So well, they're super young, but you have to with Trey young, man, you have to, I feel like, I think yeah. he's smart. I, I like the build. I like the attempt. Yeah. I think they're going to have to trade John Collins though. For what it's worth, if I'm Atlanta, I keep six and grab Obi Topin and trade John Collins. But oh, oh, oh. Collins, I think man. you're getting worse defensively. Collins exactly. ain't even a great defender, but Topin's worse. I love John Collins. I would not leave. Hmm. I would leave Collins for, and get Obi Topin back. No, no, no. Topin on a rookie contract? No way. Got... He's not. No, even at his ceiling, is lower than what John Collins is right now. Okay. I've, I've heard and some I people talk probably, about it, and I kind of like it. I think Toppin's probably older than Collins already, too. Oh, that's um, true. He is 22. What's Collins? I don't even know. 24. 24. Like, it's close. Um, it's like 24, thing, yeah. Is he, it's only his third year, right? I mean, one thing before. because he's about John to Collins is 22, guys. I'm looking yeah, at so, it. Yeah, why would <laughs> he's you know, the same there's age. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. Mm-mm. Before we hop off of um, Atlanta onto Phoenix, I do want to say I think Atlanta makes some sense if the Pelicans aren't sold on um, a Brooklyn trade for Karis Levert if Levert is routed to Atlanta, and then Atlanta would shift some of their assets onto the Pelicans. And we'll talk about that more when we focus specifically on Brooklyn. 
Mm-hmm. But I think Lavert would be a piece that they would be like, oh, that's that's a really nice fit at our shooting guard, and it fits more age-wise with the rest of our guys. Okay, so let's close out this way. And um, for a few years. So okay, so let's close it out with this way. Um, first, I'll start back with Kevin, and we'll say I'll ask you: Do you think that a trade would be likely between these two? Um, uh, and would that, and where would you rank this? Would you this be high on your favorable list? Would it be mid of your favorite, most favorable destinations or low on your most favorable destinations? I think it is likely, and especially considering what Fish just said, um, I've seen a, a little bit of buzz about that too, as if you know Atlanta can't get Drew to commit, then maybe he gets routed to Brooklyn and then Burt comes back. Like That all makes sense. Um, and it is high on my list because I like those three young players. So if you get one of those three young players mm-hmm. plus the sixth pick, I think that's a that's a great deal. And then if it is a three teamer, then you're probably getting even more back from from Brooklyn too. You might be able to be getting another pick, or that pick from Brooklyn can go to um, Atlanta. Then you get to keep thirteen. Um, so there's a lot of things in play there. So I do think Atlanta, because of the cap space they have and the fact that they have three really desirable young players, um, that I think it that it's probably pretty likely that they're somehow involved in this trade and you know they have they've worked together last year so they probably have a good working experience i think they were both both teams are happy with with the situation that they got out of that trade um so mm-hmm. yeah I, I and it's and it, re, it really is high on the list for me it might even be my favorite uh, trade destination ollie we go to you uh likely and how high is this on your list I don't know exactly how likely, I mean, because there's so many probably potential trades, but it's higher than most, and it's sitting definitely in my top three. This is what I'm thinking about. If for if somehow Okonwu is there available at six, boy, if I'm Griffin, I am jumping all over this deal. It suddenly moves to number one. Or let's say the Pelicans are either super high on Halliburton or Hayes. Again, if, he, if either one of those players that they covet is there at six, man, it's going to be tougher for Griffin to find a better deal. And fish your thoughts. Um, Atlanta is Atlanta is probably. I mean, all the teams that we're going to cover here at the very end are very high on my list. Like my top five, they're all interchangeable depending on how the the deal breaks down. The biggest thing, like Ali said, who's at six? Because I'm looking at that as the crown jewel mm-hmm. of the trade. Mm-hmm. I am extremely high on Killian Hayes, uh, and as I've learned and watched and read more about Halliburton, I'm becoming extremely high on him as well in terms of maybe the kind of point guard that this team needs. If you're not really sold on Lonzo. Um, And the, the biggest thing in terms of how it makes it likely is the fact that you have two front offices who've worked together before. You really can't overstate. If, if you look through the NBA Front offices that trade with each other or like GM, do it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come back, they yes. come back. So um, it might be a situation, you know, again, where they're the third team or maybe this time, especially if Holiday does say he'll opt in, um, that he ends up in an Atlanta Hawks jersey. All right. I think we all agree that this is um, one of the – and, and the, the amount of information or amount of times you've heard the Hawks – um, attached to Drew Holiday um, certainly makes it um, seem as a more likely destination. Um, and I think we all agree that there's, there is a favorable package to get, especially and only really, including that number six pick. So now we move to the other side of the country. We move from East Coast to the Western Desert for Ali Cosell, who will be making your presentation um, on trade packages with the Phoenix Suns, which... A lot of people have interest in, but Ali, you need to nip something in the bud straight from the beginning. Yeah. Instead of the news that broke today, we got to first mention this, guys. I don't want to hear one more Devin Booker trade rumor. Phoenix is not going to move him. You know, he's got four years remaining. Monty and the rest of the whole front office is 
that's what they're going to be building for is a winner. And you know, Sarver, if anybody knows Sarver, that's all he wants and dreams about. So James Jones has been rumored to want to bring in veterans now for a couple of years. And we saw what they did with bringing in Rubio and you saw kind of the success they had. So they're just going to continue along with that, but consider Devin Booker untouchable. Uh, but before I get to my package, got to mention the news that kind of broke today from Brian Windhurst to where Supposedly, the Phoenix Suns have had discussions about acquiring Chris Paul from the OKC Thunder. If that's the case, then it's going to make us right now trading Drew Holly the Phoenix Suns kind of moot. But Impossible. hey, CP3 yeah. is not guaranteed to go there. So we're going we're gonna to continue on like that news really didn't happen, right? So basically, you know, Phoenix is interesting. I mean, flat out for a number of reasons. First off, you got to mention Monty Williams is there. Longtime coach with Drew Hodda here in New Orleans. So you got to think that relationship got built up. And if we know one thing about Monty, he also very much so values high character people. And so with a young Suns team, he's going to want to bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, who honestly ha- has a lot of good things going for him. You know I, know, I know he's just turned 30, but look, that team needs a lot more defense than what Mikael Bridges provides. And so next to Booker, you know, you've got to want to add somebody, but Rubio brings that, but he he's too one-dimensional. So Drew Holiday, remember, he's a, one of the better two-way players, even though we've seen him on a nightly basis where the offense isn't there. Remember, overall, the picture of Drew Holiday in this league is he's one of the best two-way players. So for a team that wants to take that step forward and make the playoffs, I think Drew makes a ton of sense over there. Uh, unfortunately, the guy I think that we all would covet may have been available, you know, say at the start of last year or maybe – up at the trade deadline, but you know what? He's no longer going to be in that. I know Kevin knows who I'm talking about. That's Mikhail Bridges. He's their small forward, and he's going to probably turn into one of the best wing defenders in the game. He showed his glimpses last year, and I'll let Kevin rave about him later if you guys want to hear. But most part, I think what the deal's going to have to center around with the Suns is basically it's going to be Oubre. And for Griffin seeking and grabbing that 10th, pick from the Suns because I think if the Pels have any interest in a tall wing like say either one of Devin uh, Vassell Patrick Williams um, or Isaac Okoro they're not going to get a chance at either one of those names at 13 but they have at least I think one at 10 so like I said if Griff's interested in adding a tall wing that can defend in between Zion and Brandon Ingram then the deal makes a lot of sense you know for the Pelicans so I've got a real simple one. It's really just Ubre and 10 for Drew Holiday. What do you guys think of that one? We'll we'll start with that first. So, Kevin, um, I'll let you be Phoenix since you are, you very much have have, have tapped into Phoenix. I'm going to let you be Phoenix. Okay. Um, So, Ubre and 10 straight up for Drew Holiday. You can add some small things to that if you want, but I'm thinking that's overall it. It's an expiring for an expiring, right? right. But yeah. Drew Holiday, of course, is the much bigger, better renowned player. Right. And I don't like, I like Ubre. I'm not enamored with him. Uh, I used to like him a lot more, I think, but I think getting into another system might be better for him. And he fills that, solves that problem of the tweener forward that we wanted to add the guy that can play the three or the four. So you can move Ingram around, uh, you know, Ingram maybe doesn't have to play the four as much anymore. If you have a guy like Ubre on the roster. Um, so there's benefit to that. And then 10, you moved up three spots in the draft and you still keep your 13 pick and you can maybe pair those together to move further up if you really need to, or you draft two guys there. It's not the worst deal. Um, it's not, uh, doesn't blow me away. Um, I want you to come back to me in a couple of seconds because I'm trying to work some magic here on a three-teamer. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have, um, like, I had a trade, which I don't think is likely because, you know, Bridges is so, it, you know, I love Bridges, and that's the prize jewel on that Suns team to me. Um, and it includes getting him. But it it would be Bridges, uh, a sign-and-trade for Dario Tharich, um, where you're paying him $12 million a year for three years, so it's a $36 million contract, um, and then pick swap 13 and 10, uh, and then all the seconds go to the Suns. Um, I don't think they do the trade because they like Bridges much, 
but right now what I'm going to try to work on for a second while we let somebody else talk is to see. Yeah, that was almost identical to my home run, except I had sorry fish heart going over there. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, and whatever else you could send them, I'd be happy sending them if I can get bridges 10 and Sarge, because I am very interested in Sarge. Um, But um, my goal right now is to see if I can work a three team trade where they get holiday and, cp3 which might make bridges actually be able to come to us so give me a second to play with that and uh move on to somebody else so fish you're the pills you look at this like to work anything other than Ubre, essentially you've got to help facilitate some type of sign and trade um because if it's a kaminsky he's a team option if they pick up that option that means they want to keep him certainly um and they don't have a ton of bigs behind DeAndre Eaton. You're not going to get Cam Johnson from them. So what are you thinking if you're the Pelicans? Hmm. Man, it's tough because, I mean, if I'm the Pelicans, what does, I mean, Ubre fits the build that you're looking for, although he's still thin. I mean, he's still, he, he's not a big, I mean, he's a long 6'7". Mm-hmm. But I can't see him. I can't see him having much of any success guarding big wings like LeBron's and Kawhi's and and Giannis's those kind of guys. Um, and the other thing is, is that Ubre's at that point in his career where one he's about to be a free agent, so he wants his number, so he's going to get his money. And two, he's primarily an offensive guy and he's not necessarily a superb three-point shooter or an efficient particularly efficient score yeah so he's kind of a, a he's kind of a poor man's brandon ingram at this point like if, if i'm the pelicans and i'm looking at him he's he's kind of just a poor man's brandon ingram who's further along contract wise because he's on his second contract about to get his third but at the same time i mean he's only a couple years older um he wasn't as efficient as ingram was last year he isn't better on the boards he's a worse creator for others I don't really like the fit of Ubre between Ingram and Zion. I mean, you're adding another six foot seven body with a super long wingspan, which sounds great, but what he wants the ball and what he's probably going to get are, are two different things. So I, I have concerns on the fit there. And then I, I start to think about what, what could I do with Phoenix instead? And Rubio is the obvious salary match and choice there. And then you're like, if I'm bringing in Rubio, who's essentially at this point, an older version of Lonzo ball, then I have to do something with Lonzo ball. Or That's not Rick- fair. Lonzo can shoot better than Ricky. <laughs> and, and Ricky. I Rubio think, they're, I think you're, under- I'm not, I wouldn't diminish either of them. Rubio had a very solid year last year. Yeah. Rubio is good. Um, but, he his i mean lonzo shot when he it leaves him and it did multiple times throughout the year at the beginning of the year in the bubble um i mean the rest of his game is is in in many respects lesser than rubio whereas lonzo does have well, the you ability. would expect that rubio's 29 is 22 yeah. has been off the injury so I don't, I don't well, here here would be so. my thing. But just in that is that you add Rubio, you're you're also bringing in somebody who is another player who does not get to the free throw line, mm-hmm. and so you are you're giving up Drew, who one of your issues with him is that he doesn't get to the free throw line. Stan Van Gundy wants people who get to the free throw line, and you're going to have Lonzo Ball and Ricky Rubio, and neither of them gets to the free throw line. Yeah, that is scary. Okay. Well, the same team. I I do want to jump in on that um, point because Stan Van Gundy. That's something that he 
um, pointed out deliberately when he was um, talking about the Pelicans and people were talking about teams to get the line and stuff. And he said specifically, he said, they talked about Orlando and how our team got to the line a lot. Our team didn't get to the line a lot. Dwight Howard got to the line. No, Zion. Like, yeah. he, and he, and he's, and he was, he was referencing that to Zion. Stan Van Gundy doesn't expect mm-hmm. the team to get to the line a lot. He expects a couple players who attack the basket to carry the heavy, heavy load of getting exactly. the, the line. Um, You're right. Um, so, but I would love to have a point guard that gets to the basket is not terrified of having to shoot free throws. Um, and is willing to draw contact, get big men in foul trouble. Now, Rubio is a hell of a free right. throw shooter. Um, so that would be that would be great. But the, the, yeah, that's not necessarily something that um, I kind of like. Have Rubio seems like for me, yeah, I, I, that makes it more interesting to me to have Rubio. I, I mean, I'm looking at because I, 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 I had a question or concern on that, and I'm looking at Rubio's free throw rate, and it's high. It's very high. I forgot. I mean, yeah, once I look at his rate compared, I was you know look at his average per game. It's higher than Drew's. Yes, it's it's much better. And um, then the fact that he's shooting the last his rate's high, years, but the guy never shoots. He doesn't look for his shot, guys. We've seen him. We've watched him play enough. What he's averaging I'm, I'm, eleven I'm, I'm, shot attempts a game. He's no, a very I, smart player. Yeah, he when he sees a weakness, he will come and pick up the foul. I agree with that. But I wouldn't be too excited about his free throw rate, honestly. No, not but as. What he say, I think what you're what he's saying though is the thing you do get though is you know Rubio can penetrate. You know that he can create sure. for others sure. in the paint, and he can make a floater. Mm-hmm. He has a so, and, and we do know that Gundy wants Lonzo to play off the ball in the half court. Mm-hmm. I know, but I feel like we're getting a little off kilter here. Because I mean, honestly, do you foresee Griffin? being at all interested in a 29 year old point guard that people honestly have passed him around kind of in this league. And we've already had Stan Van Gundy go on record about speaking highly of Lonzo. I just don't think that they would bring the two of them together. One of them. I mean, if, if Ricky's coming in, Lonzo's got to go, but I, I don't think, think that's so. going to happen. I don't think okay. so. I don't right. think that. I, I, I don't, I don't think that you, you have to, I think they could play together because in transition, it doesn't matter. Whoever gets the rebound is going to, if it's Lonzo, he's going to push the ball. He's going to do that. But if you get in the half court, you need somebody to break things down. Then that would be Rubio's job. I mean, that's, I think you'd still, Lonzo still is, a, is able to be the connector and find lobs for Zion and things like that. But when the shot, but clock don't you need a more consistent? Seconds, yeah. But don't you need a more consistent score? If you got, if you're going to give most of your minutes to Rubio and Lonzo, okay, let's face it. They're going to combine for a lot of 20 points or less combined in games. Right. I just don't think that I don't think that's that bad. I think I think you're I think you're overestimating how bad the offense is from those two. No, because Rubio's I, not that bad. The thing is about Rubio is, is that he creates he, he is a superb creator in the mm-hmm. half court for others. Yeah. Um no, I, I oh, he's I mean, a fantastic I, general on both sides of the ball. I mean, yeah. yeah. But and also, he, he only makes seventeen million, and he has two years. So he's mm-hmm. not only is he a player that you can use, he also becomes an asset, especially the next year when he's expiring <laughs> or at the trade deadline. You want to move him for like you know a team that wants him for maybe a year and a half, um, and it's like a solid contract. But I was able to make a three-team trade with the Thunder, Pelicans, and Suns, where the Suns get Chris Paul, Andrew Holiday. Can you believe that? You're kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me hear this. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't put any picks in, so we can talk about where picks go. But Chris Paul, Drew Holiday to the Suns. Right now, I have it where the Pelicans get Rubio, Bridges, and then that sign and trade with Dario Saric that I talked about. The three years, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-nine million, so it's thirteen million a year for Saric. Then the Thunder get Darius Miller, Kelly Oubre, and Jackson Hayes, and the money works. Um, but the one thing I would say is if I'm Phoenix, I have where are my wings. I've got well, no wings. I would say now. Devin Booker would put, be your small forward in that situation. Oh, Monty Williams is having a, a heart attack at that point, even though he yeah. loves. <laughs> I mean, God, that backcourt like that so is it's tiny. It is so small. I mean, you're asking so much of DeAndre Ayton at that point to just plug 
all the gaps. That's that's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, like and I, then when Baines is gone too, and they don't get any bigs back in that deal. Like yeah. if you're Phoenix, you're giving up your all, both of your wings, and you're giving up your your, your in Sarge somebody who at least is a big that if you could keep him, you know, like you're giving up. You, they have nothing on the wing in the front court now, and you're like all guards. But with the Tully, they could sign Jeremy Grant, and they could, you know what I mean. They have like options to get players, and if you have Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, and I'll Devin, tell you what, Phoenix loves Kevin right now. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say, you could also maybe make the case for Rubio to go to the Thunder and try to keep Kelly Oubre because, or whatever, Kelly Oubre has been sort of linked to the Warriors, and he fits in that trade exception that they mm-hmm. have. So maybe you could pick up another asset by moving him there, whether it's the Thunder doing that or the Pelicans doing that. Because those two, you could sort of interchange between the Pelicans and the Thunder in this trade. Um, but yeah, so that would that would work player movement wise, um, and then you know figure out the draft picks, how that works. Okay, so then as we conclude this group, then um, first we'll go to back to Ali, since you started this. How likely do you think it is? Does it require a third team to deal with Phoenix? Um, and where does Phoenix rank in your um, tiers of trade partners? Oh, towards the bottom, easily. It would take for Griffin to really want the number 10 pick, I feel like. Unless he can somehow pry away Mike, you know, Michael Bridges uh, and not have to give up, you know, so many future assets, which I think he would. So, yeah, like I said, it boils down to number 10 pick. So, not likely to happen, especially with the CP3 news. And so it may be, at, you know, right next to the bottom, if not at the bottom of all trade scenarios we're going to do with each team for me. Kevin? Yeah, I mean, if I can't get Bridges, I'm not really interested. Um, the 10th pick is okay. But, I mean, in that area, there's so many guys uh, that are kind of interchangeable that you could draft between, like, 9 and 15 that I think you can just stay put at 13 and probably get a guy that you're going to like. And, you know, there's other deals out there that seem to be more beneficial to the Pelicans that I would go with because I really don't see Phoenix coming off of Bridges, and that's the prize of of their roster. And none of us, again, to repeat, as Ali said at the beginning of this, none of us see a scenario where Phoenix sends Devin Booker to New Orleans. No. No. Unless you're trading Brandon Ingram or or possibly Zion. No, Fish. don't even Kevin. Do, yeah, <laughs> don't even introduce that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't do that if I was us. But you know, just saying that would be the only way yeah. you get in Devin Booker. Fish. Yeah, the Phoenix isn't a a, a terribly good trade partner. Um. And, and a lot of that's the fact that there's they're also in the Western Conference, um, and both teams right now are kind of trying to scratch and claw their way, just I guess into the top, you know, that seven to ten range where they can make the the play in tournament like thing that they're going to have, or or they may have here at the end, and and that makes it difficult for um, competitors to trade, whereas it's a lot easier. Um, for the Pelicans to trade with the team in the Eastern Conference, and for Phoenix, like the the recent reports, to possibly trade with Oklahoma City, where Oklahoma City might be deliberately taking a small step back for financial purposes because their owner's cheap. Right. Yeah, I could absolutely see. You know, there you can they could facilitate a sign trade both ways for Gallinari and and Sarge is in those two in different directions and bring Paul and, and Gallinari over to Phoenix and you stabilize that, that, you know, stretch four position with Gallinari. You have another veteran that you really like um, with Paul, who's familiar with him. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, that seems far more likely. And again, like you said, trading in the Western conference, particularly with those teams that are right at what you would say, equal, equal level. Um, 
which a Phoenix is after, especially after what we saw out of them in the bubble, people are very high on them. I, it, it would, it would seem strange to be helping your mm. that close of a prox of an enemy. That's going to be your competition for the next three to four years. And try to build up. Hey, there was an interesting three teamer tweeted to us, um, to the bird rights account from, you know, one of the tweets we had asked for people's opinion on trades. This one kind of got my attention. Drew's going to go to the Brooklyn. The Hawks are going to get Karis Levert and give them whatever seconds they want. And the Pelicans get Dinwiddie, Prince, and the Hawks' sixth pick. How possible does that sound? That's I feel like lot. it's feasible. Yeah, I feel like That's it's feasible. Though. Somebody we all like really Dinwiddie, like... and getting the number six pick doesn't sound bad. What is Brooklyn getting again? True. And they're giving up Karis. Oh, so they're, they're giving Brooklyn, up Paris, Dinwiddie, and Prince. So yeah, yeah you that's, give them that's overpay. Brooklyn's not giving up all that. Yeah, and no, they're, they're, they're going to need so, more. Yeah, I I'd didn't read it right. I'm tired. <laughs> we'll talk more about Brooklyn. I have an arrangement that is similar to that, but makes a little bit okay. more sense right, um, when cool. we get to the Brooklyn. Um, I also uh, have. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about this in the next one, but just to tease because it follows off of this one is that I do yeah. have. Uh, a three-teamer with the Suns and the Nuggets. Hmm. Okay. So, um, guys, any last thoughts on either one of these teams? So, uh, just to make sure the general consensus is is that we say Atlanta likely as a trade partner. If somebody's going to get done, and we all put them in our highest regard as a place that, yes, I would like to work with Atlanta. Definitely. Correct. Yep. People just need to understand that both teams are are both looking for veterans. And so Drew Holiday really does fit that mold. Just which one has the likeliest deal? Obviously, it's Atlanta. And so then again, on Phoenix, we're saying low likelihood and also low preference as a, as a trade partner. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right. Just want to make sure it's clear for the folks. We're just doing the Siskel and Ebert wrap up. And since we don't have actual thumbs to show people on a podcast, <laughs> I just had to go back and review um, so that covers the Atlanta Hawks and the Phoenix Suns. Um, part three of this series, um, the Denver Nuggets and the Chicago Bulls are up next. Kevin will be presenting the Nuggets and Fish is going to have the Bulls. So that should be very interesting because those are no- another couple of teams who are in um, similar positions to the teams that we talk about tonight. Denver and Atlanta. I mean, well, yeah, Denver and Phoenix kind uh, of. Well, Denver trying to get to the championship level, needing another vet. Chicago, very similar to Phoenix and Atlanta. A young team, but needs some veteran presence and help there. And then, of course, we'll wrap with the Nets and the Pacers. Um, So stick with us. Uh, This has been – we always enjoy doing these. Uh, We try to be presented from as many angles as possible. Um, Well, guys, we'll go around the table one more time and make sure anybody has any last comments. Ali, anything you want to close with? No, I'm just thinking about going to sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, do you second that motion? Yeah, I'm actually caught a little bit of a second wind, but I was very tired going into this. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready for bed. But I'll, I'll plug again the uh, article Chris and I wrote for Anti-Gravity Magazine about baller blocking. Um, it's uh, out on newsstands. Uh, it's a free magazine. You find it at coffee shops, bars, restaurants. And... Uh, and then um, it'll be it should be online in PDF format at least already, and that's antigravitymagazine.com. So check that out. It's a pretty fun little retrospective on Baller Block in the movie and the soundtrack for its 20 year anniversary. And fish anything you want to say to close? I, I just we need to touch on the fact that the Knicks are still the Knicks. Um, they've had multiple coronavirus um, positives. And they have Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? Why? Don't I have enough? Don't I have to deal with Jim Harbaugh? Don't I have to deal with Matt Patricia? Don't I have to I have enough in my life? And you want to do this to me today? Why? No, actually let's 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 wrap it up on on a bright note, okay? By the time hey, this hey, up, it, did you hear by the time this is pull- could end if up you in say this? <laughs> no. Don't um, do I, it, fish. No, this is hurt this, me. This is truly positive. Okay, so um, the um, CBA agreement has been finalized between the NBA and the governors and the NBA PA. Um, so 
um, the calendar, the perspective calendar is the trade lid will be lifted next Monday. Um, two so days before the draft. On the 16th. So after we publish this, five days from when we publish this. The NBA draft is on the 18th, which is a week, a week from tomorrow, a week from Wednesday. Um, free agency begins uh, on November 20th at 6 p.m. Friday. Friday. Free agency signings um, are permitted as of the 22nd, which would be Sunday. It is going to be the most incredible three weeks of basketball. And we haven't even touched on the fact they're going to have to create and disseminate the schedule in the in mm -hmm. that timeline. I mean, and training that, camps and rookie orientation um, yeah. is going to have to be virtual in some manner. All those what, things have to be <laughs> <laughs> what we are used to taking from mid June to October is about to happen in three weeks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, put on your helmets and buckle up your chin straps. Oh, and, and if you've got your alerts on your on Twitter, just prepare to see bing, 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 because a lot of these deals have already been agreed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a quick reminder. Um, also, you can check out my podcast, Hard to Paint. Um, I had a interview with Ben Pfeiffer from the Prep to Pro podcast, and we talked about the draft um, this, uh, on Monday. And then next Monday, Antonio Daniels will be joining me, and we will talk about the draft from the Pelicans perspective. So, AD, yes, in the house. So, check that out. Um, Hard to paint with David Grubb on all the platforms. So, gentlemen, until tomorrow when we do this again, or as soon as we can do this again, let's go, Pels. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that if you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car use kelly blue book my wallet on auto trader they're really good at numbers auto trader